Turn in your Bibles with us this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 within God's Word this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning as we continue uh, the mini-series that we've embarked on last week. A couple went dog shopping. That ended up being the worst shopping experience of my life as I naively bought the dog from hell. But that's a whole nother sermon. This couple went dog shopping, and their number one criterion was this. We want a Christian, God-fearing dog. The shopkeeper said, I know exactly what you need. Gave them the dog. They purchased it, brought it home. They gathered their neighbors, they gathered their friends, they gathered their relatives, family members, and they said, we have just bought ourselves a Christian dog. Watch! And they looked at the dog and they said, fetch! And that dog ran to the family library. Its jaws hunkered down on the leather-bound, 90-pound family Bible, brought the Bible to the feet of the new dog owner, and all the family members and friends went, wow. The new owner said, watch this. Turn to Psalms 23. Oh, the dog just dug into the Word of God. Flipped the pages to Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Everybody went, wow. The new dog owner said, watch this. Pray. The dog sat up on its hind feet, put its paws together. Everybody went, wow. There's always one. His brother-in-law stepped out of the crowd and said, I wonder if we can do any normal dog tricks. Well, the new owner said, well, let's see. And uh, looked at the dog and said, heal. The dog jumped up on a chair, sat up on its hind legs, lifted up its paw, planted the paw on his wife's forehead, and began to yowl and moan. And the couple looked at one another and said, Oh no, we bought a Pentecostal dog. <laughs> it's Pentecostal. Heal. If you don't get that, ask your wife or your husband or your child when you get home. We're going to preach a Pentecostal message to you this morning. Last week we discovered how the prophets, priests, and kings were anointed by oil as a sign of God's consecration upon their lives, being dedicated to a holy office, how the anointing oil represented the power, the unction, the empowerment of God the Holy Spirit to enable them and to accentuate their giftings. Oil throughout the Bible symbolizes the person, the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit. If God could powerfully empower and anoint the lives of prophets, priests, kings, imagine what He can do for you and I. 
in this New Testament age through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. He makes both us and you remain strong in the faith because we belong to Christ. He anointed us. Would you say that with me? He anointed us. Please underscore that in your sermon study guide. He put His Spirit in our hearts and marked us as His own. We can now be sure that He'll give us everything He promised us. This morning, I want to reveal additional anointings. Last week we looked at the leper, the priest, the prophet, the kingly anointing. Three more anointings I direct your attention to this morning and how they'll transform your life and how God wants to bring them into your life. That's why we preach a word this morning that I've entitled impartation. Unless there's an impartation, you cannot receive these anointings, the healing anointing. We haven't talked yet about the healing anointing. There's four reasons that we as a church here at Lakeside Assembly of God believe in and practice the healing anointing. Would you write them down? We believe in the healing anointing because the Bible reveals that health and healing are God's will. If anyone wants to prove that God does not heal today, that it's not His will to heal, you won't prove it by looking in the Bible. Deuteronomy 7.15, And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness. Jesus said in Mark 16, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will lay hands on the sick, and they will what? Recover. Listen, I don't claim to understand everything that there is about divine healing. I don't understand why everyone that I pray for, why not everyone is healed. But I do know this. Healing is God's will, and I'm commanded to lay hands upon the sick, anoint them with oil, and then I leave it with God. Because I'm not the healer. <laughs> I am just his hand extended, reaching out to the sick. And so are you. We leave it with God. Number two, we believe in the healing anointing because healing was provided by Christ's death upon the cross. Isaiah 53, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And what about the whipping that Jesus received? And by his stripes, we are, what? Healed. Critics, critics argue. This has nothing to do with physical healing. By His stripes we are healed. It only speaks of spiritual healing. I like pointing them to Matthew chapter 8. You need to point them to Matthew 8. And Jesus healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for your enthusiasm. Reminds me of an old gal that lived to be a hundred years of age. And then the rumors went around town about the iron box that she had up in her attic. The rumors spread around town that it was filled with cash, jewelry, gold. Her descendants, her heirs couldn't wait to open up the strong box as they did and they were shocked to see what was in the box. This dear Christian woman who lived to be age 100 in that iron box was every doctor's prescription that she had ever received and written across this is not my recommendation this is what she did written across every prescription was this by his stripes I am healed hallelujah 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 God's blessings of healing Something you can't put a price tag on. Something that money can't buy. Make your confession of faith sure. By His stripes, I am healed. We believe in the healing anointing. Think of it because the same Holy Spirit who anointed Jesus with healing power is still in His church. Listen, Jesus never performed one miracle according to His divinity. He performed the miraculous according to his anointing. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. You'll come to that verse later on. That's why I didn't put it in your study guide. But I refer to it right now. We'll explore that later on. The same Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus has been poured out upon the church. The same Holy Spirit is still within His church. The same anointing that was upon the Son of God is upon you and I. He's ready to bless with health, healing power, and the miraculous. Romans 8:11. the Spirit of the God who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. So the God who raised Christ from the dead will also give what? life to your bodies. He will do this because of His Spirit, His anointing who lives in you. We believe in the healing anointing because our God is an unchanging God. It's amazing when you look at the candidates. It's amazing, and I, 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 I'm not uh, being political here. It's It's fact. Uh, our own president, how their views, how their philosophies have changed. Uh, it wasn't long ago that President Obama was against abortion. Now today he is for abortion. His explanation, my position has evolved. Aren't you glad you serve an almighty God who's not fickle? who doesn't change with the Michigan weather, who is an unchanging God. Malachi chapter 3 declares, For I am the Lord, I change not. He's dependable. He's reliable. You can count on our God. He is faithful. 
from Genesis to Revelation, we find that uh, an unchanging God is a God of miracles, a God of healing. Think of it. At creation, he scooped up a handful of dirt. He breathed into it, and man became a living soul. Uh, at the Red Sea, he made a way where there seemed to be no way, and God's people walked across on dry ground. At Jericho, when God's people gave a shout of faith, God brought the walls down. When Joshua was in the heat of battle and cried out to the Lord, God stopped the sun right in its tracks. The earth stopped rotating on its axis because God heard the prayer of his man Joshua and God's people won the victory. When the three Hebrew young men were thrown into the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what happened? <laughs> Even the soldiers who threw them in were burned to a crisp. They were French fried. KFC. But the king uh, looked into the fiery furnace. Uh, and what did God do? Uh, God made it cool in the furnace. And, and the king said, I see Shadrach. I see Meshach. And I see Abednego. And I see a fourth man who appears to be the Son of God as Jesus Christ incarnate was walking among them hallelujah hallelujah he made it cool in the furnace the son Jesus like the father had a ministry based upon the miraculous Jesus healed everything and everybody 90% of Jesus's miracles involved healing Two-thirds of those were healing from natural illnesses and diseases. One-third were demonic. Jesus healed blindness, deafness, paralysis, lameness, withered limbs, palsy, leprosy, dismembered ears that were cut off by swords. He cast out demons, and he raised the dead with just a word. The Bible never reveals that our Lord has changed his mind about the healing anointing. Rather, it emphasizes that he's unchanging. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. You can experience your miracle today by receiving an impartation of the Holy Spirit's anointing power for healing. James chapter 5, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Do you see God's protocol for the impartation of the healing anointing? Do you see God's procedure? If you're sick this morning, you need to call for the elders of the church. You go to the elders. They don't come to you. That's God's plan. It shows that you have faith. Ask and you will receive. You're taking action. Secondly, be anointed with oil in the name of Jesus. The oil represents the power, the person of the Holy Spirit. And make sure that prayers are prayed over you in the name of Jesus. Because his name has power. His name has authority. We transact legal business on behalf of heaven in his name. 
Demons tremble at that name. Strongholds are pulled down. Mountains move in the name of Jesus. Pray together the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is not just prayed by the elder. It's not just prayed by the pastor. You need to engage. You need to participate in the prayer of faith. Let me give you a pastoral peeve. When I anoint people with oil, what I don't like is this. Total passivity. What I do love is this. Lord, I thank you right now that you're healing me. Lord, I taste the miracle as it's coming. Lord, I thank you that it's a done deal. I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. That's the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is a prayer of expectation. Remember, the only thing that will short-circuit the healing anointing in your life and my life is unbelief unbelief. Let your confession be, Lord, I know you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, I know you're still in the healing business. Yes. The joy anointing. A young man went shopping for some, just a couple of personal care items, a toothbrush and toothpaste, and he noticed out of his peripheral vision he noticed this little old white-haired, gray-haired lady following him around everywhere in the store and watching him. Even when he got to the checkout counter, she got in front of him. And she whispered to him, My apologies, young sir. The, the, the reason I keep staring at you is because you so remind me of my son, my son who passed away just months ago. And it would gladden this, this mother's old heart that when I leave the grocery store that you would wave at me and, and that you would say, goodbye, Mom. Goodbye, Mom. Would you do that? Would you do that for this, this sorrowing mother? He said, sure, I'll do that for you, ma'am. And so she departed from the grocery store and turned around and waved. He said, goodbye, Mom, I'll miss you. And then he turned to pay for his toothbrush and toothpaste, and the cashier said, $127.51. He said, say what? I just bought a toothbrush and toothpaste. Well, your mother said you'd pick up her tab for her. <laughs> it's amazing the vicissitudes in life that steal our joy. Things steal our joy. My air conditioning on my Jeep has gone out for the fourth time. Circumstances steal our joy. But the most notorious joy robbers of all time are what? Not circumstances, not things. People. People. People are the number one source of my first point. Depression is the greatest mental health problem on the planet. Yet the, the real tragedy 
today is the fact that a spirit of unhappiness and depression has invaded the church. You ought to stand where I stand Sunday after Sunday uh, seeing a multiplicity of faces and so many look like a reprint of the book of Lamentations in the Bible. I mean, so many look like the first church of the frigid air, God's chosen, frozen. Instead of the household of the redeemed. It's like one churchgoer said, the only way I can wake up with a smile on my face is to go to bed at night with a coat hanger in my mouth. <laughs> the reason that the unhappiness and the depression becomes multiplied many times over in the church is that we pursue the same things the world does to try to be happy. And it's no wonder we end up the same way. Bankrupt, broken, addicted, depressed, and, and worse yet, spiritually defeated. I'm here to tell you this morning, God has a better way. Do you want to hear a better way? Here it is. God offers His children a dimension in living which beats happiness every time. It's called the joy anointing. The joy anointing. Hear the word of the Lord, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to do what? To comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. You need to let go of the ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of what? Praise instead of a spirit of despair. Some Christians have the mistaken notion that the Christian life is just all about problems. Have you run into them? Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm going to finish my course. Yea, verily through multiple trials and tribulations and sorrows and valleys, valleys of despair. But I will finish my course. I will keep the faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> what a day that will be when I walk those streets of gold and enter into that mansion just over the hilltop, what a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. I want you to know that that's biblically false. Biblically false on the premise that joy is only in heaven, that joy is only on that day of days when we see Jesus. That's diametrically opposed to what Jesus taught. Jesus said in John 15, 11, I have told you this so that my joy, Jesus' joy, may be in you and that your joy may be what? Complete. Jesus not only promises us joy in the hereafter, but joy in the here and now. Jesus brought joy wherever he went. Uh, and his anointing, the Jesus anointing, is still doing it today. You see, real joy is Jesus' joy. Hey, do you remember those TV commercials we grew up with as kids? 
Huh? They remind me so much of our Jesus. How so, Pastor? Because our Lord is like Coca-Cola. He's the real thing. Our Lord is like Hallmark. He cared enough to send his very best. Our Lord is like Tide detergent. He gets the stains out. Others leave behind. Our Lord Jesus. I'm talking Jesus joy. It's like General Electric. He brings good things to life. Our Jesus is like Allstate. You're in good hands with him. He's like that paper towel bounty. He's the quicker picker upper. He can handle the tough jobs and he won't fall apart on you. He's like dial soap. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you have him? Don't you wish everybody did? I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus joy. Hallelujah. Do you need an impartation of Jesus joy? The joy anointing is a supernatural impartation of the Holy Spirit. An infusion of Jesus joy that will cause a smile to crawl across your face. A squaring of your shoulders, a boldness in your step, and a radiance that lets people know Jesus is being Jesus in you. I'm talking about Jesus joy. This is a produce. This is a ministry. This is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Joy. Joy is a ministry of the Holy Spirit in you and I. I'll never forget driving up Van Dyke Road years ago, and I heard the questions from the back row of the car. I just delight right now as I hear my grandsons asking a multiplicity of questions to Pastor Ryan and Julie, and they got to answer them. You remember that day when you got questioned all the time, and the question from the back seat of the car was this, Daddy... Mommy, as they were looking at the signs on the road, what's happy hour? I said happy hour is when a community of drunks cries on each other's shoulders. Losers. Sad. Sad sacks. Yes. God's got a greater happy hour. God's got a great, it's not 60 minutes. You don't find it in a bottle of Jack Daniels. It's not found in a pill, but in a person. His name is Jesus, and the Jesus joy anointing is ready at any time to come upon you. You only have to do is ask for it. Remember what happened on the day of Pentecost? Remember on that day when God poured out his Holy Spirit for the first time on his church? What happened on that day? The crowd was standing, the bystanders were looking and watching, and they said, Ah, oh, those people are all what? Oh, drunk on the new wine. <laughs> they acted intoxicated. But Peter had to get up and say, and say, it's too early for drinking. It's too early for the intoxication of wine. This is the new wine. <laughs> this is Jesus' joy juice. <laughs> they were walking around hugging one another. Some were dancing. Some were under holy laughter. They were bubbling all over. It was the joy of the Lord, which is our strength that was flowing through his church. Hallelujah. The most infallible sign of the presence of the Lord at Lakeside Assembly of God. 
I'll repeat it again. The most infallible evidence, the most infallible sign that God is in his church is joy. Joy in the house. Jesus joy. The Jesus anointing. Hallelujah. Psalms 30 verse 11, Then he turned my sorrow into joy. He took my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. This is God's word to some here this morning. You've been mourning for too long. You've been grieving for too long. You've been traversing a valley of depression for too long. And God's call to you is to receive His Jesus joy. He wants to take the oil of gladness and pour it into your spirit. He wants to infuse your life with Jesus' joy. Jesus said in John 16 verse 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your what? Your faith? Your love? Your hope? No, your joy. Look at Jesus put a priority on joy. That your joy may be full. If you need Jesus' joy this morning, if you need an anointing of joy, ask. And then press into the presence of the Lord. For Psalm 1611 says, In thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. Lastly, the greatest anointing. The greatest anointing. Where do we find in the Bible that Jesus was anointed with oil? Jesus, the anointing that was upon Jesus, was a trifold anointing. Jesus had the anointing of the prophet, the priest, and the king. All in one. He had the trifold anointing from the Old Testament vested within him. When was Jesus anointed with oil? Can't find it. It's not there. The greater anointing was upon him. Read about it with me in Luke chapter 4. Jesus returns to his hometown. Jesus goes to church. They hand him the book of Isaiah. And what does he read? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Anointed me. Jesus had the anointing of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. And he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were what? fixed on it. They were staring at him. Why? They knew what was happening. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What is the scripture that he read? What is its import? It was a messianic prophecy. Messiah. The Hebrew word Mashiach 
the Greek word Christos, Messiah, Christ. They both mean the same thing. The anointed one. He was declaring that he is Messiah. The one that they had longed for. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He hath anointed me. Not man. He hath anointed me. This is the Jesus anointing. Anointed to serve. Anointed to minister. Anointed to proclaim. Anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Anointed to set free the captive. Anointed to bring deliverance to those that the enemy has downtrodden. This is the Jesus anointing. The greatest anointing of all. It's God's desire to impart the Jesus anointing to us. Get a hold of this. Don't get casual. Don't get flippant about this. Do you understand how unique and special this is? It's God's desire to make Jesus' anointing your anointing. When you get a hold of that, you'll never be the same. Thank you for the enthusiasm in the front pew. I said it's His desire to make His anointing your anointing. Hallelujah. John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and He'll give you another comforter and He will never leave you. Why did Jesus have to return to the Father? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross and resurrect from the dead? It was more than salvation. It was all about the baptism and the Holy Spirit. If He did not go, He could not send another comforter. The Greek word... The Greek word for another comforter, allos parakletos, parakletos, one call to one side to help or aid, a holy helper. Allos, another of the same sort. This is what another comforter literally means. We're talking about the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus anointing. This is the anointing that God promises to pour out from you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet that you might be enhanced, that you might be accentuated, that you might be empowered to do His work and for His glory. Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. What's the promise? The Jesus anointing. The same anointing that was on Jesus is for you and I. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. This anointing is an anointing of power. I preached on this last week. Behold, uh, in Acts 1, 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witness unto me to the ends of the earth. Power for supernatural prayer. Power for supernatural praise. Power for holy living. Power to have holy habits. Power to exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Power for anointed ministry. Power for spiritual warfare. Power for witnessing the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ in both word and deed. Power for a God-confident boldness. The New Testament reveals the keys for receiving the Jesus anointing. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Do you know the keys for receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit? There are some here this morning you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to give you five keys real quick here. Five keys real quick. Number one, get thirsty. 
Jesus said in Luke 11, for everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it'll be open. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Key number two, experience the laying on of hands. Acts 8, when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Key number three. Key number three. I asked them to change my numbers in the last service. Evidently, they didn't. Key number three. Praise the baptizer. Praise the baptizer. Who's the baptizer? Jesus is the one who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. We don't praise the Holy Spirit to receive the Holy Spirit. We, re we praise and worship Jesus. Get close <laughs> to the lover of your soul. He's the one who baptizes you. Matthew 3.11, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Key number four, exercise faith. Galatians 3, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Faith is always something that you do. Faith is not something of mental assent. Faith is something that you do. Speaking in the language of the Holy Spirit, speaking in a new prayer language, a new praise language, is a miracle. It's embarking on the miraculous. If you want to walk on water, honey, sir, ma'am, if you want to enjoy the, the miraculous, if you want to walk on water, then what do you need to do? You need to get out of the boat. God will help you walk on water, but you got to stand up and you got to get out of the boat. Peter had to do those things to walk on water. Some people think that when they come down here to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that all of a sudden God's going to, bam! And they uncontrollably start speaking in a prayer language. They start speaking in their supernatural praise language. No! Get out of the boat. Do what you can do. What can you do? You can open your mouth. You can start praising the Lord. And then you can speak a word. God's going to give you a word. Just speak. Don't worry about what it sounds like. Huh? Don't worry what it's going to sound like. When those twins come out of my daughter Julie in March, when those twins are born, do you think they're going to come out with Shakespearean language? Hello. Couldest thou, wouldest uh, thou, sparest a towel right now? No, it's going to be baby language. La, 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 la. And don't worry what it sounds like. Your part is to open your mouth and just speak. One word can lead to thousands of words in the Spirit. Open your mouth. Lift your head. None of this going on. Lift up your hands. Lord, you said it. I believe it. I receive it. That settles it. I speak it. Exercise faith that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Key number five, receive the Acts 2 four way. Who's going to do the speaking? You are. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. They did the speaking with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the words or the utterance. Don't let the devil whisper in your ear, that's, uh, that's just you speaking. Look back at old Slewfoot and say, well, who did you think? I do the speaking, he gives the words. Sad to say, in just one generation, from the outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the New Testament church was in danger of losing their Jesus anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. To the Corinthian church, Paul had to correct them of sexual immorality and say, know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? To the Ephesian church, Jesus said, you have left your first love. And then what did Jesus say to the Laodicean church? Revelations 3, I know you well. You are neither hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you are merely lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich with everything I want. I, I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that spiritually you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint, there it is, your eyes with eye salve that you may see. The church of Laodicea had lost their anointing. How can this happen to a church? How can this happen to a people? How can it happen to you and I? It happens when we view the anointing of the Holy Spirit as a bless me experience, a bless me club. Remember those old steam trains? Remember those old steam locomotives of a bygone era? If you don't, go up to Huckleberry Railroad. Be a good object lesson. Why did they keep shoveling the coal to heat up the boiler? Why did they keep putting stacks of wood in the fire to heat up the boiler? Did they do that just to blow the whistle? They did it to move the train. Hear me, Pentecostals. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, the Jesus anointing, is not just for tongues. It's not just for the holy doodads to go up and down your spine and say, oh, that feels so good. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you and I to be witnesses. It's for you and I to move in anointed ministry. It's for you and I to move in a gospel witness, to move the train for the glory of God. Do you hear me in this? It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. We're in danger of losing the anointing when we are thrill seekers and we do it just to feel the holy doodads up and down our spine. If that's your motivation, it's a wrong motivation. God's anointing doesn't come just so we're going to be whistleblowers. God's anointing comes upon us to set the captive free, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to bring recovery of sight to the blind. We are anointed to serve. We are blessed to be a blessing. 
How is it that a church of people can lose the anointing? It happens when we feel that we're self-sufficient. It happens when we feel, well, bless God. 43 years ago, I had a real touch from God. I felt the anointing at the altar. Oh, that was a blessed experience 43 years ago. What's God doing today? What's God doing right now? How about your anointing in the present tense? Some of us are coasting on yesteryear's anointing. Some of us are coasting on a past experience. And we feel as though we do not need a fresh touch, a fresh move, a fresh anointing from God. And we've lapsed into becoming the Laodicean church. And it's too much for God to stomach, so He spits us out. Spurgeon cried, that great pulpiteer of the 19th century, Spurgeon pride, if you ministers, you preachers have not the Spirit of God, you better not preach, and you people better stay at home. For if we do not have the Spirit of God in our services, it would be better to shut up the church, uh, to nail up uh, the doors, to put a black cross upon them and say, God, have mercy on us. Do you have the anointing? Do you cherish the anointing? Do you have a passion and a hunger in your heart for a fresh anointing from God? Or are you self-satisfied? Are you just coasting? Are you satisfied with a lukewarm experience? Christian, Yesterday's anointing will not do. Last week's anointing will not do. There must be an ongoing seeking for a fresh, fresh infusion of His Spirit in your spirit, in your life from His life, in your ministry. Don't go into that Sunday school classroom. Don't go on that praise team. Don't go into that holy pulpit without His anointing. Because people want to see Jesus. And we need to be hid behind His glory. And only the anointing will release the anointing of Jesus through our preaching, through our praise, through our teaching, through our daily witness at work. People want to see Jesus being Jesus in you. Write it down. For we cannot do God's work without God's power. Samson tried it. And he was caught snoozing in Delilah's lap. And he ended up bound, blind, bruised, and defeated. He could have been a contender. Stand with me this morning. Stand with me this morning in reverence. The crying need today is not more new programs or productions, promotions, magnetic personalities, the desperate 
need today are believers anointed in the power and the person of God the Holy Spirit the Jesus anointing the same anointing that he moved and ministered in we desperately need it for it's not by might it's not by power but it's by my spirit saith the Lord and if the church agrees would you shout amen hallelujah 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 I sense a desperate hunger for the anointing here this morning. I'm going to give an unusual altar call. I'm going to give an unusual, unique invitation I've never given before. If you are desperate this morning for one of the three anointings that I have shared this morning, I'm going to invite you to come. First of all, I'd like the elders and the pastors, the deacons, to come even right now, if you would. Pastors, elders, deacons, if you would come. Amen. And we're going to prepare to anoint you with oil this morning as a symbol of God the Holy Spirit coming upon you. The elders and the pastors will do the anointing. The deacons will do the laying out of hands this morning. I sense a powerful anointing even right now as I've been preaching. I sense a powerful anointing here at this altar this morning. If you're in need of a healing anointing, in a few moments I'm going to ask you to come here front and center. If you're in need of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where you receive the greatest anointing, the Jesus anointing, I want you to come over here on my right. Come over here on my right. If you're in need of a joy anointing, maybe you've been victimized. Maybe somebody has cruelly crushed your hopes, your dreams. And the enemy has robbed you of your joy. You need a joy anointing this morning. Here on my left, I'll say it again, the healing anointing for physical healing here in the center. The joy anointing on my left. And the greatest anointing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit here on my right through the laying on of hands. We're going to sing right now. And I'm going to ask that you would just cover these with the praise and the prayer of God's people. Lay ministers, I want you to come behind them and lay hands upon them. Prayer partners, lay hands upon them. Come even right now. Come for your anointing. Come for your anointing. Exhaling.